Welcome to Demond Does the Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Demond, father of two, husband of one, and leader of this here Demondcast. My next guest is a published author, musician, and fellow podcaster. Ladies and gentlemen, Please welcome the 2021 Positively Unstoppable Challenge Grand Champion, co-host of the Plotaholics, one of my favorite podcasts, and one of my favorite people I have ever met on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Brian Tang! That's some chills. It has nothing to do with it being cold here in Pittsburgh either. I got chills. <laughs> I love it. And you know what? And the, the, the pleasure is definitely on this side of the screen. You're definitely one of one of the dopest cats. And I really appreciate you. I got to give a shout out as well. You know, yep. 2021 Positively Unstoppable Challenge Grand Champion. Within the last month, the 2022 Positively Unstoppable Challenge Grand Champion has been announced. So I want to give a shout out to Mr. Jason Henry the current 2022 Positively Unstoppable Challenge Grand Champion. I have, granted, I will never lose. The 2021 Grand Champion will always be mine, but I am happy to pass the title for the year to a new fella. He's a great guy, a really great guy. It was really, really great to meet him. We actually ended up going down to Atlanta. We drove down to Atlanta this last weekend for um, Diamond Dallas Page's Christmas party. So I got to meet him and guess who else I got to meet? Guess who else I got to hang out with for a few minutes for Please. a little while, actually the man, the myth, the legend himself, the great Eric Etch himself, Butterbean. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you serious? Yeah. He and I were, he, me, him, his wife, and my wife, we were all talking, just sort of hanging out. And I was telling him about your, your previous intro for me. And he just got a kick out of it. I said, I told him, I, I told him, I told you, I said, man, you, we got, we got to cut that a little bit because Bean hears this and he's going to get the juices flowing and, and make me into the black Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> and then his wife told me an awesome story about that jackass movie when Butterbean and Johnny Knoxville fight, fought. They didn't even include the funniest stuff in it. Because like at one point, Johnny Knoxville apparently was, when, when he goes, is Butterbean okay? And he goes, and apparently he said after that, he goes, that shit better have been funny because I'm not doing that again. <laughs> apparently he had vertigo for like three and a half months after that ass whooping he took from Butterbean. Golly. Jackass has never been really my thing. I just never understood why would you, why you know. hurt yourself for other people's enjoyment? Yeah, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not going to poke a hornet's nest knowing I'm going to get stung. Well, why would I do that? Had me out here looking like Bart Gunn. You're out of your mind. Yes. <laughs> I love it. But no, nah, man, but Butterbean and his wife, that Butterbean is a class act through and through. Amazing, man. He's actually doing so much better physically. When I first met him, he had been having issues with his, with his hips. Like it wasn't just bone on bone. It was just bone. But he's doing so much better, moving around so much better, looks healthier, big smile on his face. That's, that's awesome. I, I'm so, I'm so glad for him. Shout out to Butterbean, man. I love that guy. I love Butterbean so much. He's the sweetest guy. He's such a nice person. But you can tell when you look him in the eye, come correct with respect. 
He'll look- never be the mean guy, and he'll never look for trouble, but he ain't got no problems ending it. <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's just frightening, man. That's- but his wife has cool. that energy, too, man. His wife is such a nice lady, but it's one of those, if you cross her, she'll drop you. Does she fight as well? No. You know those ladies that they just have that look about them? If you cross them, your day is over? Uh, that's, that's her. That's my younger <laughs> sister. I know exactly what that is. But they are two of the most wonderful people. I can't say enough good about them. They are two of the most wonderful people I've ever met. Man, you've done some stuff, man. That's crazy. Like, you know, a published author, you, you know, you and, and through just uh, taking control of your health, you've got to walk a path of being around some truly amazing people, DDP, uh, Diamond Dallas Page being one, and, you know, Butterbean, and all the people that you've met during your travels with being a part of that uh, DDP yoga community. You know, that's really, really cool stuff, man. I'm truly blessed. All of us have had dark days, dark times, dark years, and I had my fair share of difficulties. I haven't always been at my best. I've had times where I've been at my absolute worst. I've had times where I've been at rock bottom. But yeah, you know, making the choice to own my life and to get healthier and to be better and do better, it's taken me to some amazing places. And I'm just so grateful and humbled by it because I am what a few different choices leads you to. Mm. You know, I, I was one choice, one decision away from it being totally different. And we probably, and we never met, we never meet. Mm. So when I talk about these things, it's always important to me to maintain being humble and having the humility because it could have gone in so many different directions. And I recognize that. And it could have gone into so many, it could still go in many, many different directions. You know what I mean? And I just want to keep it in a positive place on a positive level because, you know, I'm still, and I'm still working on myself. I'm still working on being the best me that I can be because it's, it's so easy to let things get in the way and fall back into old habits. Very easy to slip. Uh, before we get too farther into it, I want to thank you for taking time out to, I guess we're not perfect strangers anymore, but thank you for taking, no. t- taking time out of your day. Absolutely. You know what? I appreciate it in full very, very much. I can't wait, man. I love having the discussions and the times when we have been able to talk. Unfortunately, there's always a clock. <laughs> right. Um, make sure you check out the Disputed Podcast. Yes. Absolutely. Where it, where it is always in dispute. Everything <laughs> is disputed. Everything is disputed, <laughs> but there's always a clock between us. So, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really, I'm, I'm really pumped. I got the questions here in front of me. I'm, I'm ready, man. I'm ready to bear it. Now, before we get started with the six questions, let everybody know where you would like to be found on the internet. Oh, yeah, sure. So you can find me on the tweet machine at Brian Tan Author or at Plotaholics on Twitter. Um, you can find us at Plotaholics wherever you're on social media, if we're on it. Um, we're on Discord, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. At Brian Tan Author on Twitter and Facebook. And my newest endeavor, you can check out Infinity Academy PGH, where I am a level two certified DDP yoga instructor. And the best way I can put it is quite simple. 
you as a human being, you're perfect just the way you are. You're you're the only you that there's ever going to be, and you're amazing. But if you're ready to improve yourself, to own your life, I want to be the tool in your toolbox. Infinity Academy, powered by DDP Yoga. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, trying to give back, trying to give back. Love it. I love it. So, Brian Tan, are you ready? I am ready. Let's do this. I'm ready to go. Question number one. When did you know you wanted to get into podcasting? When it comes to podcasting, I've always wanted to be on the radio. Hmm. Always. Always wanted to be because people would tell, my grandmother would tell me, boy, you talk so much, they need to put you on the radio. Because I always had a story to tell. Always had a story to tell. So I always wanted to be on the radio. And I remember as a kid at my babysitter doing little radio shows with like the other kids and acting like, you know, back to you and, you know, back to you on weather. And, you know, and I remember having for, I'm going to date myself here, but there was a thing that we had a long, long time ago called cassettes, cassette tapes. And they would be at about between 60 and 90 minute intervals. And I would put my cassette in a radio and I would record myself talking. Just various stuff, reading stories, telling stories. None of these tapes exist anymore, but I did it all the time. And I started podcasting 10, 12 years ago. Wow. When I was still living in New Hampshire. Me, me and my ex-wife had broken up and I was living, I was, you know, living on my own for the first time in a long time. And I was looking for radio gigs because I was trying to get my communications degree, my undergrad in communications, because I wanted to get on radio. And I only knew, well, Howard Stern got a communications degree from Boston University, so I'll get a communications degree. That'll get me on the radio. Yeah, doesn't work that way. The time of the small time of the small town. Radio stations are over. They're all um, they, they've all been owned by either iHeart or Clear Channel or whatever. Once big corporations got into radio, video killed the radio star, and then big corporations further killed the radio star. That's why all radio stations sound the same. But then I discovered I, I saw an ad on Craigslist about a thing called Our City Radio. Now I don't even know if Our City Radio is still a thing. But I started doing the Tandemonium radio show. And my co-host at the time was Shane Tassinari. I'm still friends with Shane. We talk every now and again. And it was just a long-form weekly discussion show. We just talked about anything and everything. And, you know, and I made up different bit characters. Um, I had a character named um, Yummy Tatas, (laughs) which wouldn't fly today. Yummy Tatas would not fly today. That character would not fly today. I I had a ball with it, you know, and I did so many bumpers for shows and stuff. I would, you know, show up wherever they were having events that were um, RCD Radio sponsored to MC the events. And I loved it, man. That, that that, That was my jam. And that's when I knew when I loved podcasting. I started writing Ooh, I've always been a storyteller, as I said, and I've always been a writer. All throughout grade school and high school, I wrote tons of poems 
and I started writing stories that I never finished. And then and I've told this story about how I started writing my first novel. I always had issues with depression and anxiety. I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was about two or three and dealt with depression and anxiety due to being bullied, being a little fat kid. And it went on for a time. And then I finally, I had a nervous breakdown when I was 17. And then when I got out of the hospital, I went right back in. About a year later, I went back into the hospital. I had been taking ephedra pills to lose weight to get into the military at the time. So this time when I snapped and lost it, I completely was like, my hands were completely off the wheel. And I sort of disassociated and to the point where I wasn't even me. There was someone else within me doing the talking for me. Once everything sort of came together, you know, started getting healthy, I started getting into gaming again. And I was having this reoccurring nightmare where I would be walking down a corridor, like one of those old style medieval dungeon type corridors, right? And every time I walked by a door, a demon would come out and I'd have to fight it to the death. And this just went on and on and on. When I came to the last door, I could never see the demon's face. And we would fight and we just seemed to know what the other was going to do. And then every time in the dream, I would slip and the demon would catch me. And just before it would kill me, I could see its face and it was me. It was real Luke Skywalker on Dagobah type shit. So finally, fast forward to about 2006, 2007, I moved to New Hampshire with my now ex-wife, because that's where she was from. And I pulled out her laptop one day because Friday nights was always gaming night, always. So when Friday nights would come, I would get real depressed because I wasn't gaming. And I started writing. I don't even know what I was writing. I was just writing. And it turned out to be journal entries from one of my LARP characters' perspectives. Come to find out this LARP character was actually my reoccurring nightmare. And that reoccurring nightmare, which was that LARP character, was the figure, the personality that I shifted to when I had my nervous breakdown. So I turned that personality into a LARP character to try to have control, but I kept having the reoccurring nightmare. So the writing helped me to finally gain control. And I realized that these, these, different voices that I was hearing in my head were characters all wanting a story told. That's what got me started writing. That, that was my, my therapy. And I ended up writing my first novel, The Enforcer, that way. Wow. There's a lot there to... Uh, <laughs> there's a to lot to unpack, back, man. man. There's, I've, I've, it's hard for me sometimes to really accept when people say you've done so much in your life. It's very hard for me because in a lot of ways, I mean, I, I live with imposter syndrome and I'm, I'm working hard against it because there's a lot of times that I don't feel like I've really ever done anything, but that's a lie. I know that's a lie. I think the problem is, is because when people say someone has been through so much, they've lived this grand full life. A lot of the time, and I blame 
not just society, but film sometimes as well in Hollywood, because you would think that all of those experiences come with financial gain. And that's not the way it works. Experiences and life, that's its own currency. To be able to tell these tales and know that you're not lying and to know that you've truly had these experiences, that's the currency. It's not, it's never ever something that you can hold. It's never tangible. It's all in here. So yeah, I've been through a lot. Man, you've seen some stuff, man. I've seen a, I've seen a few things in my time. I've seen a few things. You eloquently stated the reason I started doing this in the first place was because everybody has a unique story. I would play this game where if I could get somebody to talk to me, my goal was to get them to tell me something that I would not expect. Right. Because to them, it's all normal. Like all the stuff that you said, you've done it. It, and now it's part of your past. And I know for me, when, you know, I bring up a story that people are like, you, that really happened? Like, to me, it's not a big deal because it's, right. it's I'd it like, happened? I was expecting an awesome interview. <laughs> That's all I was expecting. I wasn't expecting something so profound, profound, deep, and personal. That's incredible. And the fact that you, I'll go ahead and tell you again. And now that we have this recorded, you can go back and listen to it and be reminded that you are amazing. So <laughs> I, appreciate Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. I, wow. What's, what's really great about where my life has taken me is that I see where I started and I see where I'm at and I'm nowhere near done. I'm nowhere near so much more to do. And I can't wait, you know, 2023 is going to be an amazing year. I know because 2022 is ending on such a banger. Like this is, this is a banger ending. It's like, what's going to happen next week? Oh, we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you the, you know, talking about the music around the same time, you know, I'm writing songs and I'm in, I was, I was doing R&B all throughout high school. And then I started doing punk freshman year of college. Love punk rock. Uh, love 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 punk rock bad brains is one of my favorite punk bands of all time also an all-black punk band love bad brains so so much but i'm also a big fan of i love early green day early red hot chili peppers i love that that socal punk rock sound i love it like not, nothing against the new york punk sound or the European punk sound, but there's something about that LA SoCal punk sound that I just truly appreciate and dig. I love punk rock, period. I mean, I've got a huge Spotify playlist of so much punk rock that it's like, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to listen to all of it. But the first exposure that I had to punk rock, 1985, Return of the Living Dead. That was my first exposure to punk rock. Really? And yeah, that was my very first exposure to punk rock. Because you figure I was five going on six in 1985. I had no business watching Return to the Living Dead at that age at all. But I did. And I realized just how much I loved the music. Party Time by 45 Grave will always be among my favorite songs of all time. Always. As will Surfing Dead by the, by the, by the Cramps. 
I was doing some some slight punk rock, but it was more Green Day-ish. And then I started doing this sort of pop rock-ish type. Like, I like the band Splendor. So that's kind of like what the sound was kind of like, but I didn't fit in with those guys. They were, you know, a bunch of uh, north of the city kind of rich kids that I didn't really fit in with. So I wasn't too sad when I was out of that band. And then I started doing a metal punk. And that was the longest standing group that I was with. And then once that band fell apart, I stopped doing music because, you know, at that point I was trying to do different things. Now it's like, how am I going to be in my forties trying to get into a punk band? That, that's just not going to, that's just not going to work for me. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I still play some bass and I, but I play all different types of stuff when it's warm out. I'll be, I'll get, I'll take my acoustic bass outside and just play a little bit. I, you know, I go to my weekly bass lessons because my bass teacher, shout out to Jim Held, he ain't never going to hear this. Shout out to him. If you're, if you play instrument and you're looking for a good music teacher, look up Jim Held. Um, he's, he's, he's amazing at it because he, this is a dude that will like tell me all about when he was growing up in the sixties and seventies. And, you know, but we connect on so much other music. Like we, we connect on music that he wouldn't expect me to know about. Like he didn't realize how much I loved Hall of Notes. <laughs> I freaking love Hall of Notes. They, they, those guys were doing stuff in that day that, you know, black folks was listening to Hall of Notes. Hall of Notes was getting play on black radio stations back in the day. Yes. Folk, Hall of Notes were, have, have, have had that standing invite to the cookout. Okay. <laughs> For those that don't remember how, how Hall of Notes was tight back in the day. Yeah. Music, writing and podcasting and weight loss. Th those are my main things. And that, that's just a little bit about all I've been through with those. Man. Wow. Now, I was going to say, just a little finish off on that, talking about experience. I almost got into a fight in a biker bar in my metal punk band. 31st Street Pub here in Pittsburgh. You know, a lot of rock acts play there. Problem is, is that I was the only black guy. I was the only black person in the band, in the bar. I was the black guy fronting a punk band a metal punk band and we were supposed to be playing a battle of the bands and one of the guy i don't know if he was a bouncer or if he was a um one of the owners of the bar he ain't like black folks so he had no reason to walk past me and do what he did but he shoved me out of his way younger brian was ready to come up behind him and pull a todd bertuzzi and smash him in the back of the skull but it's like i looked around it's like there's hardly anybody here I'm the only brother here. This ain't going well. So I let it go, but we on our, the bass player in my band wrote, fuck the pub and took a picture of it and put it up on our website. So we alienated the top rock venue in the city of Pittsburgh at the time. How punk is that? That is punk. That is punk. Question number two. What do you wish you had known when you first started out? That you don't need an undergrad degree in communications to get in the radio. Actually, I'll take it further than that. Take your happy ass to college out of high school. Go to an actual four-year university where you live on campus. Go become a communications major. Work on your college radio station. Build your contacts that way. I think that a lot of aspects of my life, I'll even take it a little bit further back than that. 
I went to high school, my first two years of high school, I went to Central Catholic High School, okay? Same high school Dan Marino went to. Same high school that Zachary Quinto, a.k.a. New Spock, the Paramount Star Trek movies. Zachary Quinto is two years ahead of me at Central Catholic High School, okay? I've actually walked past Zachary Quinto in the hallways, okay? Very, very, at the time, racist school, okay? Central Catholic High School is one of the top high schools in the city as far as education. But also a lot of rich kids go there. Not a lot of Black people went there at the time. I was broke, Black, not a good athlete. I was not welcome there. Even some of the Black students that were there treated me like crap. I think there was only one of the Black students there that I knew at the time that I maintained a friendship with, and we're friendly to this day. But the other Black kids, I didn't get along with. The ones that I went to grade school with that went there, they got into the cliques and blah, blah, blah. I remember former Pittsburgh Steeler JT Thomas, me and his son hated each other. Because he was, at 14, this guy was already over six foot tall, over 200 plus pounds, genetic freak of an athlete. He had money and he knew it. He was privileged and he knew it and treated me like crap. I hated Central Catholic High School. I, I was called N-word every single day by somebody just trying to get a rise out of me. I had priests tell me they didn't want my kind at their school. I wish that I would have shown them. I showed one priest just how smart I was. And I'll never forget, I was in a freshman English class. And we were talking about Romeo and Juliet. And the teacher asked, when Mercutio told Tybalt, I bite my thumb at the house of Capulet, what did he mean? Nobody could answer. I raised my hand. Teacher gets this real condescending, Mr. Tan. I'm sure you have something so insightful to share with us. I was like, yeah, basically he's telling Tybalt that he gives a middle finger at the entire house. He has no respect for him or his family or his bloodline. Who told you that? Nobody. It's actually very easy to figure out if you got a brain in your head. Damn! I had read Romeo and Juliet in fifth grade. Damn! I have been reading since I was two. I have always been able to break apart literature and understand it, always. So he tries to ask me, he tried to, that was when he decided that he wanted to talk to me. And I told him flat out, you didn't have no care for me or need for me before. Don't act like you give a damn about me now. And I walked away. I really, really wish I could go back in time and tell myself to not be proud. I would tell myself, Show them how smart you really are. Use this institution to get yourself the opportunities that you don't have available to you now. And I would have used Central Catholic to either get into radio or get into acting. I would have used Central Catholic to go to Carnegie Mellon University, which is here in Pittsburgh, a dynamite theater program. I would have used Central Catholic to go to Carnegie Mellon to become an actor. That is one thing that if God herself will come down and say, I will turn back the hands of fate or show you in an alternate reality, 
what it will look like. What do you want? I would want to see if I would have made that decision. Or I'd take the dark hold from Wanda Maximoff and do it myself, send myself into 14-year-old me elsewhere in another reality just to see what would happen. That's the one wish that if I could do it all again, that's what I would do. I would either go to see, actually, let me amend. I would either go to CMU or I'd go to an HBCU with the Dynamite Theater Program. Probably either Howard or Bethune-Cookman. Question number three. What's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? Now it's just steak because, you know, I've changed my eating habits on gluten-free and dairy-free now. So there's only but so much I can eat when I go out. I can't even like, I don't even like ordering Chinese food because there's so many carbs in it. So no, it's, I'll get steak. Everyone got steak. Everyone's got protein. I'll go with steak. That's my main thing. But I'll tell you what, I ate at Waffle House down in Atlanta this last weekend. Got a grit bowl, sausage, egg, and grit bowl. No cheese. And I'll tell you what, it was so good. Oh, I didn't put not, I didn't put nary a lick of salt in that. No salt, no pepper. I ordered a side of bacon, crushed up the bacon, put it in there, stirred it up, and killed it. So, yeah, it's either going to be steak, but primarily it's going to be steak. And that sounds delicious. How do you take your steak, man? Medium well. Medium well guy? Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't like well done anymore because it tastes way too dry, but I don't want medium because I don't like the taste of the blood. I don't like the way that feels in my mouth. So medium well is a nice middle ground for me. I get it. I get it. I like it fresh from the cow, you know. (laughs) I can can understand that. I want it as fresh as possible without the taste of blood in my mouth because I only write about vampires. I'm not one in real life. (laughs) But I tell you what, I will never use Hunt's steak sauce on my steak. I just don't like the taste of Hunt's. I don't like it. If I'm going to have steak sauce, it's going to be, it's going to be A1, Mm, A1 all the way. But, and I will never put ketchup on my steak either. That's just disgusting. No, that uh, closest I get to that is like Heinz 57. Every now and then I'll do a Heinz 57. Yeah, see, I I love Heinz 50. I love Heinz for ketchup. Mm-hmm. But I will never do it steak sauce. It's, it's if I'm putting A1 on it, if I'm putting steak sauce on it, it's A1 or nothing. But if they cook it just right, you don't need it. That's true. Like the right seasoning, you get the right seasoning and it's cooked cooked right. But like um I I married a I married a cook, so like mm-hmm. so she know how to make it, she know how to throw it down. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean she'll be like she'll just the right season. I'm like, do you need anything? I'm like, no, you cooked it. <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. It's the best. There you go. There you go. I think a lot of folks don't realize that the hand in the kitchen makes the meal. Mm -hmm. The hand in the kitchen makes the meal. And they can make it taste, like, so good. Because if you you ain't putting love in what you're cooking, it's just sustenance. It ain't a meal. And I will yes and you when I say you're absolutely correct. And it's also the heart that goes into it. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. you, like a home cooked meal from somebody who loves you, or mm-hmm. somebody who uh, and somebody who cares about what they're doing. There is nothing like it. It's an intangible thing. I can't tell you what the difference is, 
you can taste it. Mm-hmm. I've never had anybody come over here. Uh, a, a funny thing that annoys me, quote unquote, annoys me about my wife is she will always ask me, "Well, how is everything?" Because that's how she professes love, you know, yeah. through cooking and you know, voices, uh, words of affirmation and stuff. And she will ask me, ab- you know, right. after, so how did it taste? Was it good? I'm like, you made it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, I do all the cooking in my house. Do you? I do. I do ninety percent of the cooking in my house because I've been working from home since COVID. So, oh, right on. So, and I, since my wife goes to work, I don't feel like she should have to come home and cook. Yeah. So I do most of the cooking. I definitely take a lot of care when I'm preparing my meals, especially like if, I, if I'm making because I, I make a bomb ass chili. I ain't gonna lie, I make a real good chili. We've had roast. The roast, I add the roast, the leftover roast to the hamburger meat, cut that up in just right. And I make sure to have the fattiest part of the roast in there for the yes. flavor. I never cut the fat off the roast. I keep it in there for the flavor. I hand wash the vegetables and I cut them just right. So when it's when that's going on your bowl, you know it's good. I got people in Pittsburgh, so I may have to. Come visit. <laughs> I'm about to head on out there because that's so delicious. <laughs> door, hey, man, door doors open to you, man. Doors open. Absolutely. If it, oh, Matter of oh fact, if I, if I I'm trying to get Butterbean and Mark Mark Bagwell, aka aka Buff Bagwell, yes, to come to a Steel City Con, and I told them that I would work for them for the weekend if they did it. If Bean comes, man, I'll let you know. <laughs> Hell yeah! I'll figure something out. I was like, "I'm coming! <laughs> I'm coming!" That's fantastic. You coming to Sam and Dave's song? Hold on, I'm, I'm coming. coming. <laughs> Question number three: What are you curious about? I'm always curious about little stuff. You've heard me talk about this. Sometimes when I'm in the bathroom and I'm bored, I'll just make up little songs. I wonder if everyone does that. Like, do famous people do stuff like this? Do world leaders do stuff like this? Does the regular average Joe do stuff like this? Not to be too gross, but it's kind of gross. I had a bout of a diarrhea about a year and a half, two years ago. And I'm just sitting in the bathroom and I'm just like, you know how when you're having, you know, issues with your stomach and you're in the bathroom and it feels like you're just never getting out. So I'm just like, peeing out my butthole. And I turned it into a whole song. I had choreography, everything. And I was just like, does everyone else do this or is this just me? You know? I had a little dance to it and everything, man. I, I went all out on this song, man. This song, this song in my mind was top 40 bowls, man. For real. So I'm just like curious of little stuff like that. Do people just, does everyone else just be like walking around, chilling out in the house and just randomly just like boom, 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 Like, do does everyone else do this or is it just me? of the most mundane thing. That's what I'm most curious about. Some people might say stuff like, ooh, I wonder what so-and-so looks like naked or what faces do they make? I don't care about that. Like, do you make weird songs up? Like, in the bathroom, in the shower, driving by yourself, in your most intimate 
moments. You know what I mean? That's what I'm curious about. Like, what are people's, like, quirks that they have that they hide from the rest of the world because they're, because of whatever, for whatever reason? Yeah, like me, my quirks are just out there because I'm me. But yeah, you know, what are some of those little quirks that we all tend to have? You know, nothing malicious, nothing benevolent, nothing, just little things, you know, because there's so many times people will purposefully hide who they are out of the fear or embarrassment, fear of embarrassment and fear of being judged. Mm -hmm. So what are some of those little things like, and I mean, there's so many things that like people do, like the character from Saturday Night Live that did the superstar, you know, and everyone would always laugh because she would put her hands in her armpits and sniff them and, you know, so, all right, that's a quirk. And people make fun of it because they think it's gross. But I mean, come on. Don't we all every now and again just, how bad is it today? Like just, whoa, wow. That, that, I didn't know it could get like that. You know, that's what I'm curious about. That's a really good point. There's all these things that we do as people to entertain ourselves, distract ourselves or whatever. That's fascinating. Even our spouses or partners or barely experience or our pets only experience mm -hmm. you know like i would love to be a sentient well dogs are sentient for the most but i would love to just put my consciousness in a dog of just like somebody just to see what their quirks are mm -hmm. because and i think that if we shared these quirks we would do so much better as a society we are so segmented because everyone seems to think they're just better than everybody else it's like but we're we're the same creatures we're the same animal watched a video it was bill nye explaining skin pigmentation mm -hmm. and at the end of it is like that's why racism is stupid <laughs> <laughs> i love bill nye for that bill nye plays it bill nye don't play he he says it the way it is he's I would, I would love, I love Bill Nye especially because he, he reminds me of if Mr. Wizard and Weird Al had a baby. And I remember Mr. Wizard. I was curious about Mr. Wizard as a kid. I was like, what is he? That's something else I get curious about with some people. What are they like when they're mad? When I was a little kid, I was always fascinated with how people behaved when they were angry. What did certain people look like when they were mad? And part of me wanted to make people mad just to see what they were like when they were mad. But then I realized that sometimes when you make someone angry, you've hurt their feelings. So I never wanted to do that. Right. But like, like, but I always had this vision of like, whenever, cause you could tell if you ever watch Mr. Wizard's world, there would be moments when some of the kids would just annoy him, but he had to stay professional. So I would be like, what is it like if he let loose or, <laughs> or, or Mark Summers from Double Dare. I right. remember whenever he would try to tell them to stop the clock and he would have to say, okay, stop the clock, stop the clock, stop the clock. Like he had to keep saying it and you could tell he was getting annoyed. And I remember one time I heard him go, God damn it. I said, stop the clock. And I'm like, that would have been my favorite episode of double dare of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm super curious about people's quirks and super curious about how some people look or talk or sound when they're angry. One of the nicest people, in Hollywood, and I'm talking just a sweet person, is probably, I see Melissa McCarthy as one of the sweetest people in the world. 
I would love to see how angry she would get at somebody. Like, especially after, you know, the Ghostbusters reboot came out. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see her just, just tear into somebody. Like, just to see what it looks like. Not to judge, but just to experience. Question number four. What should I ask you that I didn't know enough to ask? Now, this is the toughest one. I would say among them, among some of them is the mental health aspect of weight loss. That is so difficult. The the mental health aspect of losing weight has been the hardest, has been the hardest thing for me. The second hardest is dealing with the fact that I'm now hypoglycemic after losing all the weight. Basically with hypoglycemia to sum it up, if I don't eat enough, I crash. Like, did you ever see the movie Three O'Clock High? No. Basically, in that movie, long story short, this is a movie that you should probably watch, by the way. It's a, it's a great 80s teen flick. It's about this, this nerdy kid who writes for his school paper. He does a story on the new guy in school who has this reputation of being a monster. And he just puts his hand on his shoulder and the guy decides he's going to fight him at three o'clock. So it's the whole day him trying to get out of this fight. <laughs> and so he's hypoglycemic. So he starts to act out and then passes out because he skipped a meal. I can't skip meals anymore because my body will literally crash. I rarely even get hunger pains anymore. I go from here to foggy headed to out. Wow. Yeah. Saturday after, because we did a DDP yoga workout and all I had to eat for breakfast were two bowls of cereal. After the workout was over, I burned almost 1300 calories and I almost fainted. Mental health, I'm so glad that in the last few years, in the last five years, we finally started to get to a point of where we can have a a serious talk about mental health and depression. Because I have been dealing with you know, depression, anxiety, and ADHD all of my life. And when you get, like, I started, I ate away my troubles. I've always eaten away my troubles. So I realized as I was losing weight, yeah, there's a lot of foods that I can't have now when I'm upset because that was my comfort. And the mental health aspects, you know, it's so hard to maintain sometimes because I love the DDP yoga community and I being the positively unstoppable challenge grand champion was probably the, among the biggest thrills of my life, but it's also very, very challenging at times because I maintaining a positive attitude, certain things that I used to say and do online. I don't do online anymore. I don't vent online anymore. I used to vent online all the time. Now I don't. And that's hard for me sometimes, but because the idea of maintaining this constant positive attitude, it can be very exhausting. So there's times where I take breaks. I have to take breaks from social media. If things are going difficult, I got to get away from online so that I don't respond incorrectly. And it's challenging, but at the same token, It's also made it where I've really got to focus on my method of thinking, how I talk to myself, 
how I let others talk to me. You know, I've had to end a lot of friendships and a lot of a lot of relationships with people because a lot of our relationships were based on people feeling like they could talk to me in one way. And then I realized, you know what? I don't want to pretend that this is okay anymore. And having to really remind myself, I don't have to let people talk to me in a way I don't like. So the people that I interact with now are people that treat me with respect. And we all know the difference between joking and disrespect. And I think that, you know, a lot of people, when I talk about it now, it's kind of, oh, wow, you went through that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went through a lot of stuff with people and them talking to me in a way, and I allowed it because I felt like it was the only way I could have friends. I didn't have a lot of black friends curling up. A lot of my friends were white. So I put up with a lot of racial jokes and racial overtone stuff because I felt that I had to. Otherwise, I would be alone. And then after a while, it was like, but if this is making me feel bad, why put up with it? And if these people actually cared about me, they wouldn't say things that hurt me. One of my oldest friends was guilty of that, but I put up with it because he was one of my oldest friends. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, he apologized to me. He was like, you know what? None of that was okay. And I'm sorry. And we actually, we, we were at a, a D&D group and there was a guy in the group that felt that because my friend and the guy who's the, 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 the DM, who was also a friend of mine, we'd known each other for a combined 20 years, you know, for 20 years almost, because they talked to me in a way, he felt he could do it too. And then finally, my one buddy looks at him and goes, one, what you're saying to him is not okay. Number two, you don't know him well enough. You have not traveled the road with him to be able to make these jokes about him. He goes, we have known him since we were kids. And even I recognize when I would joke with him like this, it's not okay. All of that is part of the whole mental health thing. It's about not just being able to stand up for yourself, but holding yourself in such a regard that others will be willing to speak your truth as well. I feel that if you can walk your talk and speak your truth with confidence and dignity and respect, not just respect for others, but self-respect, people will understand your truth and they'll speak your truth to the point where sometimes you don't even have to say nothing. <sighs> I, I, I have my moments where I can get pretty, um, I can get pretty um, deep. <laughs> And you answered one of my questions for me because you were talking about gaming earlier. Um, I was like, is he talking about video games? Is he talking about, you know, board well, games? And it sounds like it, it was uh, tabletop, tabletop role playing. Yeah, tabletop. I don't play a lot of games online with people. I don't do a lot of gaming online anymore because, A, a lot of the people that are in those communities are very, very toxic. And I go into some of these games just to escape people. So I don't play games with people. I used to play, I used to play Gears of War 2 all the time with people. And then I started playing, this was back when the original UFC Xbox 360 game came out. I would play that online with people constantly. Mm -hmm. 
And I stopped playing it because people would trash talk, rage quit, and then start throwing racial slurs at me. At me. I remember I almost got booted off of Xbox because I was playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. First and only Call of Duty game I ever played online. And this little kid, I think he had to have been about 12. N-word this, N-word that, this, that, like real just horrible. And I finally got mad. And I told this kid if he didn't leave me alone, I was going to find out where he lived and send him home to his mom in a box. Complain to Microsoft. Microsoft warns me. Of course they do. That was when I quit playing online video games. I was playing NBA 2K22 and I accidentally played against somebody in the um, my city. And they spent so much time trash talking me, I beat them in the game. But you ass, you suck. In word, you suck, blah, blah, blah. I noticed they sent me a message like this like two hours later. So I responded, but I beat you though. I didn't hear anything else back. But it's like still, you know, Mike Tyson said it best, man. Social media have made folks way too comfortable being disrespectful because they got a screen behind them. They made them, they made them real comfortable being able to be disrespectful without getting knocked out. Yep. Yeah. One day you one day you're gonna catch the wrong person on the right day. Yep. Like I'm not a violent man and I try to be very, very peaceful. But even I have my limits because like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to play a game with somebody, it's got to be somebody I know, mm-hmm. or I'm going to turn off my mic and my headset and I'm just going to play folks. Just, they take them too seriously. They take it way too seriously. It's a game, dude. We're not getting paid for this. If you get paid for it, good on you. I'm not in this to make money. I'm trying to have fun. Yeah, even even the guys who do esports, which is a way bigger business than I ever had. I any. never thought that would be a thing. It's huge. It's it's like they put up NFL type numbers, man. It's crazy. They really do. It's but you insane. Don't, but you don't hear them talking mess. No, they 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 do it like a job. It's like a job. Yeah, they do. They go in, they do the thing, and high five each other when they're done. <laughs> I was like exactly. It's, Exactly. And I mean, the ones that do trash talk, sometimes it's the ones that are the world quiet ones that are actually getting it done. The letter Kenny, the how are you now slash produce stand podcast community, the DDP yoga community, and in its own way, the, the plotaholics community are some of the best online communities to be a part of. Can confirm. Question. Number six. If you could create a new holiday, what would it commemorate? I would actually take Love Day from The Simpsons and have it be just love somebody. A day to just love. I don't like holidays too much. A, because I feel they get in the way of the routine. I love Christmas and everything. Like I like Christmas, don't get me wrong. But what I hate about Christmas is that This is stuff you should be doing every day. It shouldn't be 364 days of being a dick. And then on the 365th day, you are a good person with all this joy. Like, all right, Ebenezer Scrooge ends up being a nice guy on Christmas, but did he maintain it? Or did he just go back to being a dick? You know what I mean? I would actually want a day where I could walk up to someone who isn't black and just be like, you know what? I love you for you. 
you're, you're an amazing person for who you are. I would want a love day so that we could actually look at someone that's different from us and be like, you know what? I love you anyway. You're different from me. I love you anyway. Why? Because you're you. Oh, you have a different political ideal than me? You know what? That's fine. I love you anyway. Because you're you. Everyone, we forget everyone has someone that loves them. We've gotten to a point where in the last five to 14 years, everything is politicized from race to politics to religion to everything. It's been politicized. And we either use religion or politics as an excuse to hate. It's old. It's time to stop. Even love, they find ways to politicize love. No. Love in and of itself means, guess what? You just recognize that other person and you love them for who they are. Maybe love for some people is too strong. Let's just go for a respect day. Mm. Let's respect each other's differences. Okay, like case in point, I am a heterosexual male, but you know what? LBGTQ+, I love and respect you. Why? Because you are human beings and you exist. I respect your existence because the world would be different without you. And there are people in your life that love you dearly because you make the world a little bit brighter for them. So you know what? I respect you. In that respect day, no one is allowed to use the term woke. Because that's another term that has been so politicized. I swear, woke is to words what marijuana is to medicine. You want to definitely take an idea of something that is helpful, that has been politicized and made evil. If marijuana were more prevalent, Percocets, Vicodins, and all that would not be necessary. Those big pharma drugs that are addictive, that are killing people. But no, they had to make marijuana a, a schedule one drug because it worked too well and it helped people. Woke is one of those things where, you know, woke has been made into a negative as a way to make fun of people. It's like, you know, it don't cost anything to respect somebody different. And it don't cost anything to not make people a butt in your joke because not everyone wants to be the butt of your joke. Oh, I remember when everyone had a sense of humor. No, you remember when it was okay to make fun of people with no consequences because you were in the majority. And the people that you were making fun of, if they laughed back, they only did it because it was either make my life more miserable and fight you and be alone or just chuckle a bit and hope that you move on. So no, I would have respect day. I would have national respect day. And granted, it might sound like a dictator's thing, but I would make it mandatory. So what day would it be? I would want it to be the longest day of the year. So whatever the longest day of the year is, I would probably make it the summer equinox. So it would have to last longer. That's really cool. That's a brilliant idea. Hey, that's a good one. I like that. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> All I know is that folks better be glad I'm not a deity, man. <laughs> if I were a deity, man, things would be a lot different. Brian, thank you so, so much, so much I appreciate for coming you, on, man. man. I appreciate you. Um, 
do you have any uh any last words any parting any parting words or anything yeah sure y'all we're at a point in time where especially in this holiday season holidays ain't super happy for everybody there are people that have a really really tough time during the holidays because either they're estranged from their families or they've got bad memories or something whatever make sure you please 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 take the time just to show a little kindness i mean we should be doing this anyway but especially during these times you know show a little bit of kindness do what the song says put a little bit of put a little love in your heart for those that need it because sometimes one moment of kindness can mean the world for somebody else. So just keep that in mind. Whether it's your first time or this time, thank you for joining us for the six questions. If you like the show, tell the world. Please jump on your podcast app and leave a five-star review and tell your friends because that's the best way to grow the show and more can join the conversation. Next week, we're talking video games, community building, and quantum dots with Twitch streamer MCE Amazing. Evan Mays. So until next time, see it, hear it, speak it, live.